Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. going to be an incredible, incredible series, and here's why I'm letting you know it now. Um, You know people, I know people um, that want to work on their relationships. You know people that are single that want to know how do I do better at being me, and so especially the first two weeks, whether you're single, whether you're in a relationship, it's so applicable, Um, and our relationship series are so, 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 so much fun. So do this for me. One of our values is we're found people that find people. Let's go be intentional about inviting people to come to a place that can change their life, but also their relationships. And most people are super interested in relationship series. So it's the beginning of the year. We have a relationship series. Let's be intentional on inviting somebody to come with us next week. In fact, some of you, you can do it on Facebook right now while I'm talking, or Instagram. You're like, he's actually telling me to ignore him for a second. Um, But tune right back in. Um, but we really, really are, are super excited about this series coming up. And so please, please, please make plans to be here. And if you're not in a relationship, you think, man, this is going to be totally not a black, uh, uh, applicable to my life, you are dead wrong this morning. Um, it's going to be super applicable to you. And I promise you this much, there'll be a lot of truth, but we will have a whole lot of fun um, because this is the sermon series that makes my wife the most nervous because um, she is the illustration. So um, be praying for my wife as we go through this sermon series. A um, couple things real quick before we get into the message. This is our last week of Blind Spots, and this has been a really great series. In fact, we may come back to this series later on the week because, or later on in the year because there are so many different things, so many different blind spots I could keep going on. And, and I want to talk real quick before we get into the message about two that God just put on my heart this morning. Um, the first one is this. I, I don't have time to preach on it, so I'm not preaching at you yet. Um, this is not part of my message yet. But if I were going to preach on it, what I would say is this, is that a big blind spot for a lot of us is who we hang out with, Um, is who we are doing life with. And, And I'm not saying this just because we're doing connect groups right now. I'm saying this in general, is that I have said since I was a youth pastor, if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. If you show me your friends, I'll tell you who you really are. Are. And the Bible says bad company corrupts good character. Can I tell you, that is not a great verse for teenagers. That is a great verse for all of us in this place. Bad company corrupts good character. And many of us, our blind spots are the people we're hanging out with. Because we're like, ah, I'll never become like them, or they won't rub off on me. I'm going to influence them. But that's simply not true. The Bible says this in Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise. 
associate with fools, and the result is, it says, and get in trouble. It doesn't say all the fools are gonna get in trouble, right? It says you are. <laughs> you can hang around crazy, and all the crazy doesn't get in trouble, but you get in tr- trouble finds you, right? Some of you are like, I know, that I know exactly what you're talking about right now. Um, if you wanna get wise, if you want to get better, you gotta get around people who are gonna make you better. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Are they sharpening you or are they making you dull? Are they taking your edge off, your walk with the Lord? Man, hear me, you can't escape this truth and you can't escape this blind spot. Who you hang out with matters. Who you're doing life with matters. We're not even in our relationships. Who you date matters. Who you date matters. It is a big, big deal. So make sure that you're checking that blind spot. The second thing is this, is that a lot of us, our blind spot is that we want to compartmentalize our relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to keep, we've got our Jesus, our, our Sunday self right here, right? We're like, okay, this is my, this is my, my Christian time, this is my Jesus time, whatever, whatever you want to call it, this is my Sunday fix, but I'm going to keep Jesus right there, it's nice and clean, but he's not going to come into my friendships, I'm going to leave that there, he's not going to come into like what I do on the weekends, Friday night, Saturday night, hey, um, that's going to be my season, my time, um, I'm not going to let him get in my finances, how I act, I'm not going to let him get into my work life, because sometimes I have to do things things that are compromising that a Christian shouldn't do, but, 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 but I got my nice, neat little Jesus here. And can I tell you, the Bible says this. It says, acknowledge me in all your ways. Acknowledge me in all, in all different areas of your life, and I will make your path straight. Don't compartmentalize. Man, man, when you gave Jesus your life, when you came to Jesus, you didn't just ask him to come to your Sunday self. You said, man, I surrender my heart. I surrender my life. And Jesus wants to get in your relationships. He wants to get in your your friendships and your marriages. He wants to get in your finances. He wants to get in your workplace. In essence, I will quote Karen Heck, who comes to first service, Jesus wants to get all up in your Kool-Aid. He wants right here. He doesn't just want some of you. He wants all of you. So don't compartmentalize your relationship with Jesus Christ and expect that it's going to have a big impact or a big difference. Man, let Jesus be all, have all of your life and not just some of your life. And the result is this. It, it, it's not that everything's going to be smooth, but he will make your path straight. He will continually give you direction where you're supposed to go in every area of your life. Don't compartmentalize your relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not preaching yet. So um, today, I want to talk to you about praise and criticism. Praise and criticism because it's a part of life. And our text for this, this whole series has been found in Proverbs 8, verses 32 through 36. And it says, and so my children, listen to me. Tune in. For all who follow my ways are joyful. Listen to my instruction. Don't tune out. Focus in. Don't, don't zone out right now. And be wise. That's a promise. If you listen to my instruction, you'll be wise. Don't ignore it. Joyful. Here's the result. Joyful are those who listen to me. 
It's a daily thing watching for me, daily at my gates, waiting for me outside my home. It's not enough to be wise in a season of life. You gotta be wise throughout life. For whoever finds me finds life. This is, this is, Jesus is exactly talking about this. I came that they might have life and have it to the full. Whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the, from the Lord. But here's the warning. But those who miss me injure themselves. It's not that God doesn't love you. It's that you just tuned out. You didn't listen to the instructions of wisdom, of the word of God. And so today I want to talk to you about listening to the word of God, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit when it comes to praise and when it comes to criticism. The first thing I would tell you when it comes to praise is this, don't be swayed by praise. Don't be swayed by praise. Norman Vincent Peale said this, the trouble with most of us is that we would rather be ruined by praise than saved by criticism. Don't be, that's a really good quote. Um, don't be swayed by praise. To be swayed means this, to cause, to swerve from a purpose or a course of action. Now, while I threw out the, the reading challenge of reading the book of Proverbs in the month of January, um, I got through it about two times. And in the process of this, I've been doing this for 10 years now, reading the book of Proverbs in January every year. And I, I, a scripture that I, I must just have zoned out, I, I wasn't listening to instruction, I just zoned out. Um, there's a scripture in there that popped off the pages because I was not planning on talking about dealing with praise and criticism in this series. And I came across this scripture, I was like, holy cow. Proverbs 27 verse 21 says this, fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but a person is tested by praise by praise. Let me ask you, how does praise make you feel? How, how does it make you feel? How does encourage, like when somebody praises you for something, when somebody says something good about you, I gotta tell you, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel great. It is, it's awesome to receive praise. It's awesome to receive accolades. Let's, let's turn this out in the way I know how to turn it. It's awesome to receive a attaboy, right? Man, you know, if you see any sort of sports played out, it does not have to be professional. You can go to the YMCA and watch a men's league, and they will be, if somebody does something good, it's just totally appropriate to do, one man will hit another man on the butt and say, that a boy, way to go. Guys are coming off, whether it's football, that a boy, and you're just slapping them on the butt, right? That's what you do. That's, that, that is a, that a boy. It's like, yes, I got a slap on the butt, you know? And it's, it's kind of weird, but, you know, when you get one, you're kind of like putting it back out there, and you're like, man, have another. You know, thank you, sir, may I have another? I'm like, wham. Um, men, if you need a that a boy this afternoon, wives, if you see your man do this this week, just, just slap it. That a boy. Men, if you see your wives do that, do not slap it. <laughs> she knows you're hitting on them, on her. Whoa. Um, <laughs> that got really awkward. Um, here's the deal. We love that boys. We, we enjoy being told we've done good. But the problem arises when we start chasing that boys when we start chasing praise, 
when we start chasing the accolades. Because when you and I start chasing the accolades, when you and I start chasing the data boys, when we start chasing the praise, our motives, our motives aren't really what they should be. And if we're not careful, we become a slave to praise. We become doing whatever we need to do so that we might get more praise. Because I gotta tell you, praise, encouragement, it's one of those sayings like a drug that once you get it and once you're hooked, you will do anything for it to get more of it. And we're a culture that's all about making people give us praise right now. Even within the church, there are pastors that want to preach what's popular instead of true. And here's what the Bible says in Luke chapter 6, verse 26. It says, your task is to be true, not popular. That, that's what the Word of God says. That's what Jesus is telling his disciples. Your task as my disciple is to be true, not popular. And most of us, we're more concerned about being popular and praised than we are true to what the Word of God says. And I gotta tell you, as your pastor, I could care less about being popular. I could care less who knows about Justin Graves and Justin Graves Ministry Worldwide Outreach Center. I could care less. What I care about is not preaching what is what was popular, what is socially acceptable, what the hot topic is. My job as your pastor is to preach and to present what is true from the word of God. Not to be popular, not to be the latest, greatest thing, but to be the person and the pastor that God has called me to be. Your job as a follower of Christ isn't to be popular within the culture, but it's to be true to what he has called you to. And the question is, how are you at handling praise? Because a lot of us, we're not being true because we're too busy chasing cool to be popular. And I'm not talking to the teenagers right now. Mom and dad, you're still trying to be the cool parent, the cool grandparent, the popular grandparent, the popular single person, instead of being true to what God and Jesus has conducted you to live. And hear me this morning if you're not careful, you will become a slave to praise. It says this in, in, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> says this in Luke 12, 43. It says, for they loved human praise more than the praise of God. What is happening in this verse and in the context of the scriptures, Jesus has gone to a village. He, a lot of people, there was miracles done there and people came uh, to follow Jesus and know that he was the Messiah and many Jewish people at this time, but none of them would admit it because they were afraid it was gonna cost them their status in society, their status in the Jewish synagogue. They couldn't go if they confessed Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And so they were more concerned about the appearance and the praise of people than the praise of God. And I gotta tell you, not much has changed. And if we're not careful, this, this proverb is so true. Praise test the human. Praise test us. If we're not careful, we can live a life that's all about chasing the accolades and the praise. So somebody says something great about me on Facebook or somebody says something great about that message or, or the way that I'm being a parent or all that, and, and we want all the accolades instead of being obedient. But very rarely can you be obedient and chase praise at the same time. It's an either or 
thing. How are you handling praise? And, and hear me, don't allow your obedience to be swayed by praise. Your task is to be true, not popular. The second thing I would tell you about praise is this. Be sure you watch whose praise you are listening to. This is big. Be sure you watch whose praise you are listening to because Satan is great at taking something that is good and turning it into something evil. He's been doing it since the Garden of Eden. He is great at taking something good and making it and turning it and using it for evil. Some of you are, are probably thinking right now, okay, so I'm not going to sway people with praise, so I'm gonna go home. I'm not gonna say anything good about my wife anymore. Um, I'm not going to give compliments, no that a voice. No, 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 no. The praise is not a bad thing. Hear me. You need to encourage one another. You need to lift one another up. You need to, man, keep speaking life. This is not that message, but hear me in that same breath. You need to be careful who you are listening to praise from. Check out what it says in Proverbs chapter seven, verse 21 through 27. It says, so she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. And he followed her at once. Like an ox going to the slaughter, he was like a stag caught in a trap, awaiting the arrow that would pierce its heart. He was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life. So listen to me, my son, and pay attention to my words. Don't let your hearts stray away towards her. Don't be strayed by praise. Don't wander down her wayward path, for she has been the ruin of many, and many men have been her victims. Her house is the road to the grave, and her bedroom is the den of death. Where did it all start? Verse 21, so she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. Can I tell you, praise from the wrong person can lead you to a dangerous and disastrous place. And you have to be super careful, married people, who you are listening to praise from. Because that's the moment of compromise. When you lend your ear, that's why when we were growing up, oh, be careful little eyes what you see, oh, be careful little eyes what you, there's Father up above, who's looking down to love, oh, be careful little eyes. Oh, I think most of us, we just didn't listen to the ear part because we had zoned out. Oh, be careful little ears what you hear. You know, be careful what you hear because praise from the wrong person can take you to the wrong place and cost you way more than you ever thought it would cost you. Be careful. Don't be swayed by praise. Second thing I would tell you this about criticism is dwell on the one instead of the critic. Dwell on the one instead of the critic. When I was in Bible college, I was um, a mess. Um, and I'm still a mess, but I was a mess mess. I was on disciplinary probation for six out of the eight semesters in Bible college um, just because they gave us a curfew of 10 o'clock. I'm like, I am not done. I am not sleepy at 10. I am just warming up. So what are we going to do here? Um, and I got on disciplinary probation as a result. Um, and, but all they did was give you demerits. But I, as a result of getting demerits all the time and being on disciplinary probation all the time, I was in our dorm pastor's office all the time. And his name was Tom. And I'm not going to tell you his last name because maybe he's watching. But Tom was a, a gruff guy. Um, and, and to say that Tom didn't believe in me would be an understatement, okay? 
Um, he's like, I remember the, 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 probably the 12th time I came into his office, he had had enough. Um, he knew me very, very well. We were on a first name basis. And Justin, what's your major? And I go, I'm gonna be a youth pastor. And I remember, I, I'm a freshman, okay? This is, I haven't even gotten in my sophomore and junior year. I am a freshman at this point. And he goes, if you're a minister, I will roll over in my grave. Well, get to rolling, Tom, because here I am, baby. <laughs> right? <laughs> roll, baby, roll, crocodile. Get after it. The death roll has a whole new meaning. Uh, but I, I remember my first pastor that I served under, and I don't have time to go into all the details of it, and you're welcome for that. Um, but it was just a brutal, brutal situation that Casey and I were in, and I would have to get it to the church at six and not get home till 10.30 every night. Didn't have a day off but half a day on Saturday. And um, just, it, it was killing my marriage and I was like, I, I can't do this, I can't do this. And I remember the pastor who was named Tommy, um, something of, if your name's Tom, stay away from me. Um, but, <laughs> except Tom Milan, I like Tom. Um, but uh, his, he, he said this, he said, if you can't make it here, you'll never make it in ministry. I remember pastors who talked to me and said, man, if you're ever a lead pastor of a church, you'll be lucky to run 50 people. Can I tell you, when we started Foundation Church, I heard all those voices come back. I, I tell you right, I, I can remember where I was sitting, every conversation. But, but here's what, what, what happens, is that we use that to be our motive instead of letting it be fuel for us a little bit. Oh, it's okay to use it as fuel, but when it becomes your motive, when it becomes your reason, you're doing it for the wrong reason. And some of us, man, when we started Foundation Church, it wasn't to go back and say, Tom, ha, 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 I'm a pastor, you know? It wasn't anything like that. It wasn't like, we're running more than 50, what now? You know, it was never, it was never, I, I, I don't care, I don't care, but here's the deal, some of us were living our whole life to prove everyone else wrong. What they said, and that's no way to live your life. You're not supposed to live your life for the critic, you're supposed to live your life for the one, for an audience of one, to what he's called you to. And some of us, we are living our life and we're living our calling out and we're chasing after things that God never intended you to chase after or try to achieve in the first place. You're just trying to achieve it and chase after it to prove everybody else wrong. The only reason you wanna go back to your class reunion is so you can be like, loser, 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 winner, you know? And, and we can't live our life that way. Man, there's gonna be critics there's gonna be people that say stuff to you, but you gotta keep going. I love this quote by John Wooden. says, you can't let praise or criticism get to you. It's a weakness to get caught up in either one. Proverbs 29, 25. It's dangerous to be concerned with what others think of you, but if you trust the Lord, you're safe. It's dangerous to get concerned with what others think of you, but isn't that us as a culture? If one person leaves a bad review about us, on our church side or on your business side. Oh, what am I going to do? They said something on Facebook about me. How do I make this disappear off my Facebook or my website? Oh. One person, out of all your friends, all the people that are for you, one person says something negative. Who are you consumed with? The one negative comment, the one critic. That's what we do. 
And we are so consumed with making people like us. Can I tell you, not everybody's going to like you. It's true. No, there was a whole lot of people that didn't like Jesus. There was a whole lot of people. But we want everybody to like us. And hear me, your need to be liked, if your need to be liked is more than your need and desire to be significant, your life will never have the impact that it was meant to have. Because if you're going to live a significant life, it's going to, probably a lot of people aren't gonna like it. There's a lot of people that don't like me. I'm okay with that. I'm like, this is me. It took me a long time to be me. This is, this is me on, on the stage. I'm me. When I'm home, I'm, this is me. All this mess is me. It doesn't get any better up close. And you have to be okay with not trying to make every critic like you. There's going to be critics in your life. Stop trying to prove all the critics wrong and just chase after the audience of one. Live it for the audience of one because if you don't, you will start chasing after and you will become a people pleaser and your life will miss the significance that it was meant to have. It happened for King Saul. It says this in 1 Samuel 9, 21. Most of us don't remember. Saul was the least of his tribe, right? Samuel comes up and says, hey, Saul, you're the next guy. You're going to be the first king of Israel. And here's what he says in, in 1 Samuel 9, 21. It says, Saul replied, but I'm only from the tribe of Benjamin, <laughs> the smallest tribe in Israel, and the family, my family is the least important of all the families of that tribe. Why are you talking to me like this? Right? Like, what, what? wait a second, Samuel, you have missed it because I'm a nobody. I'm the least of my tribe. I'm the least of my family. You don't, everybody has told me what I can't do, what I can't do, that I'm the least, I'm the least, I'm the least. Why are you saying this to me? So many of us for so long, we have been listening to the critic that we haven't been busy listening to the one. And as a result, we're not going after the life and the mission and the purpose he has for our life because we're just listening to all the critics and we're letting them define what we can and what we can't do. And even after Saul stepped into it, when the kingdom was ripped out of his hand, it was because he was still trying to please people. 1 Samuel 15, 24, Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord in your words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. The message says it this way, I cared more about pleasing the people and I let them tell me what to do. Here's the deal. If your reason for, for doing what you're doing right now is to prove everybody else wrong, your motive's wrong. And your motive always matters. Your motive always matters because what's gonna happen, even if you accomplish what everybody else said you couldn't, by the time you accomplish it, it's going to be hollow instead of fulfilling because you were never meant to accomplish that. That wasn't his design. You were listening to them instead of him. Man, don't let praise sway you, but stop listening to the criticism of everybody else telling you what you can't do and start listening to what he's calling you to. And the last thing I would tell you is this. When it comes to both of these things, man, you can't let criticism stop you and you can't let praise sway you, but, but hear me, you do you. You do you. Um, this is a phrase that Casey and I will say to, to each other every once in a while, and sometimes this gets me in trouble. 
because um, she'll say, hey, Justin, you need to do this. I, I asked you to do this, and she's not naggy. This sounds naggy. I apologize right now. I know we're going to a relationship series, so she, she's not naggy whatsoever, but she's like, hey, can you do this? And I'll be like, I, I'll get to it in a second. They're like, every man says a second doesn't mean in a, like a second, literally. It means when I'm done watching the TV and it goes to commercial break, that's the second. And so I, I'll get to it in a second, and she's, she's like, hey, but, but I, I asked you, and I'm like, hey, you do you, girl. You do you. And she's like, what, what, huh? And I'm like, you do you, I'll do me. And she's like, nah. And so now we say, you do you. And, and be very careful who you say this to because you can have a really long conversation and communication, which we'll be talking about. And if I had only communicated and said, you, you do you. Um, but we, I, I said, you do you. It meant, hey, I got me, you do you. And I gotta tell you, for a lot of us, we need this phrase in our life. You do you. When we, uh, when we moved to Tulsa, I remember driving Charlie up into Casey's car that she had from high school. It was a golden Mazda Protégé from 95. And uh, it was a standard. It had power windows. Um, and it was, by the time we started the church, we've had it for a long time. It was a junk. It was a piece of junk. Um, it, like, I had to turn it off when it was idling or it would, like, completely go, you know, um, just totally shut down. Didn't, the air conditioning didn't work. It was completely covered in dog hair because we had a lab and we tried to vacuum it out. But if you've had a lab, you know, you understand. And I remember dropping Charlie off and uh, coming to pick her back up. And all these nice cars are at the pre-K. SUV, SUV, truck, truck. Man, even the minivans look good, right? And I'm like, I never thought I would want a minivan, but man, it looks better than my Mazda protege. If you have a minivan, we are so glad you are coming to Foundation Church this morning. Please come back. Um, but, and I, I just was like, man, God, when are you gonna do, when are you gonna, when are you gonna do something like that for me? Right, I had all these friends and ministry, and they're growing, and it's going, and we're starting completely over. I'm working at Starbucks. God, when's it gonna get easy? For, when are you gonna do what you're doing in them for me? When are you gonna give me something like that that they, they don't even deserve it? They don't even tithe, you know? I, I know they don't tithe. That, that bah, you know, and I, I was just mean. I was bitter, I, and, and I've gotta tell you, it's like God whispered this, hey, Justin, you do you. I got, I got this taken care of. You just do you. And when I got home, I read this scripture that totally kicked my face in. And I still remember it. Peter had just gotten reinstated by Jesus Christ from denying him. And Jesus says, okay, Peter, man, I know you love me and hear me. The price of you following me is going to be your life. And Peter says this. It's, it's recorded in John chapter 21. Verses 20 through 20, it says, Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved, which I love that John calls himself this, right? Like, I'm the one Jesus loved. Um, so conceited. Anyways, um, behind them, the disciple Jesus loved, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during the supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? And Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? What, what, what about him? And Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. What is it to you? As for you, you do you. That's how it's translated in the Hebrew. 
It's true. <laughs> you do you. Can I tell you, we get caught up looking at everybody else's life. Well, God, when, when are you going to do something like that in my life? When, when are you going to give me a better car, a better house, a better job, a better spouse, my kids to be able to do this? we be able to go on these vacations, and we start losing all our joy, and we start going sideways, and we're not going after the life that God has called us because we're busy consumed with everybody else. And Jesus would say to, that, to us, stop listening to the critic, stop listening to the praise, stop watching everybody else, stop watching what I'm doing in everybody else's life. What is it to you, you do you. You just be faithful and follow me. Just follow, all you have to do is follow me. Stop being consumed with everybody else because all it's doing is stealing your joy, is stealing your purpose, and you're trying to run after this and run after that because they make it look so good. Stop defining your life by other people's highlight reels, and you do you and play your life for me, not for everyone else. Not to compete with all the Joneses and the neighbors and everybody else that is out there. You do you. Because what's it matter what I'm doing in somebody else's life? What, what's it matter to you how I use them and how I bless them? You follow me. Stop listening to the critic. I know they may have hurt your feelings. But man, you follow me. You do you. I know they said you're great. Hey, listen to me. You're not as good as they say and you're not as bad as they say. <laughs> you do, you, I heard a great quote. Somebody said this, if you accept the praise, then you gotta take the blame. You do you. Follow me. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get swayed. But listen to my words. And if you listen to my words and if you listen to my ways, you will find life and life to the full. Let's read our text one more time for this whole, this whole series found in Proverbs chapter 8. And so, my children, listen to me. For all who follow me, all who follow my ways are joyful. Listen to my instructions and be wise. Don't. Ignore it. Don't listen to the praise and think you're as good as they say you are. Joyful are those who listen to me, not the critic, watching for me daily at my gates, waiting for me outside my home. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But those who miss me injure themselves. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for today. And God, I just pray this morning that this, this message today, man, would just get inside of us. Because Lord, we understand that the word has power. And Lord, when we apply your word, when there's information with application, it brings transformation. And Lord, there's some of us in our life, we need to be transformed in this area. And so, Lord, I pray that you would work in us, that, God, we wouldn't be swayed by the praise that comes our way because the praise will always test us. But, God, we would be true. We would seek to be true and not to run after what's popular, not to run after the accolades. And, the Lord, as a result, we would be tuned in to you, that we would live to please you, that we would live for this audience of one. 
that we wouldn't run after the praise and we wouldn't run to prove the critic wrong. But just honestly, that we would follow you. As for us, you follow me. You do you. You run after the plan and the purpose I have for your life. Stop comparing your life to everybody else's life, and you do you. You follow me. Just be obedient in following me because when we compare, man, we stray. Lord, I pray that we would keep our eyes and our ears focused on you and that we would be faithful followers of Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you say, Justin, I'm here. You know what? I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you a chance to change that. If you're here in this place this morning, you say, man, I'm just not where I need to be in my relationship and I need to recommit my life. I've got to tell you, if your relationship with Jesus Christ isn't at the place it's supposed to be, all your other relationships will be dysfunctional. Man, they won't operate. They won't function right. And so this is a big deal this morning. So if that's you, before we go any further in service, before we dismiss, I'm going to count to three and I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. That's it. One, two, three. Is there anyone here this morning? You say, Justin, that's me. There's one, there's two. Is there anyone else? You join these two hands that are raised. There's three. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, man, that's me this morning. There's a change that needs to be made. I'm not where I need to be in the Lord. And man, I just need to change my life. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service? You say, Justin, that's me. Man, I just need to get it right. I need to recommit my life to him. And you join these three hands that are raised before we go any further in service. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I ask that your grace and love would enter my life. I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.